You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We're the answers. It's a production of Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague. And I'm Corey Scott. For all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to elsnerds.com. And for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncast.com. On Else Nerds, we have a tendency to speak about things that you may not have read, seen, watched, whatever yet. So if you're worried about spoilers, uh, please know that we are going to spoil things very, very much. We also will swear. Usually that will offend some people. Today we're going to be offending our very special guest. Yes, our very special guest is Jackie Hearn from the Diamond Club, um, the the puppet lady of Night Attack um, I'm trying to come up with other names that I can't think of anything else. Uh, Jackie, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Uh, what an honor uh, that you guys uh, invited me on the show. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to figuring out what you think an honor is because this ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is. Hey, all... I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need much in this world. But <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. we're, <laughs> no, we're but, gonna uh... challenge that for you. <laughs> But yeah, so um, we're going to get right into our news, and the first news story is that the Ben Affleck standalone Batman film will be titled simply The Batman. I, th- this is a I smart choice. This is, yeah, this is a smart choice, as opposed to, especially, I don't know if these were actual, from the article in here, if these were actually proposed titles, but if they went with those, I'd have just been like, nope, I'm out, fuck you guys, I'm out. But like, what was it? One of them was Batman v Deadshot or De- uh, Deathstroke. Sorry, I forgot which character was being in there. And it's like, yeah, why, why? But the Batman sounds good. Um, I could see the them Batman doing... was was yeah. one of the cartoon series titles, and I don't remember it doing very well or hanging around very long, but that's also at a point in time where they were canceling every cartoon after about a season or two just because, fuck it, girls don't buy toys. Yeah. No, yeah, this That was is... the excuse that DC made for canceling several cartoons is they were like, but girls don't buy the toys, so why should we continue to promote Young Justice even though it's got great viewership? And the fact that half of that viewership happens to be girls. Oh, I'm sorry, DC. I kind of thought that girls were on equal standing as guys, but you know, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, the, um... uh, I'm sorry. I had to back away for a moment just oh, to fine. say uh, I don't uh, quite agree with that. <laughs> Superman. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see what else do I, I have? Batman in here. I have Batman. Here's Batman. Here's Batman. Here's the Batman. Well, I'm currently there you go. wearing girls buy yeah. toys. Actually, um, granted, I did buy these for a puppet video on the Super Friends, but you know, it's another. And you know what? It doesn't matter why you bought it. The thing is, is that you buy it. You're a consumer, same as anybody else. Your money should be as good as anybody else's. And I, I just don't get the mentality. When I was a kid uh, in the '70s in Detroit, my cousin had a Linda Carter Wonder Woman doll, and. I had all the like mega superheroes, but anytime I was over at her house, I'm like, you got the Wonder Woman doll and it's like Linda Carter from the TV series. That's freaking awesome to me. 
And she had no qualms about the fact that this was a superhero that she was playing with. It was one of her her dolls, and she played with it oh. as a superhero. It sucked that there weren't enough other figures to go with it to do the same kind of stories and stuff that I would do with my Mega dolls. But yeah, we are at full absolute point of like women are geeks women like the same shit that you've been saying that only men like for years fucking figure it out and, and i just don't get why well we're way off topic i've already no so, no 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 uh, you're actually Batman. you're you're still fairly on top i like this conversation yeah because <laughs> i was gonna add this actually happened in my store this week um that a mom of three daughters came in and they all had DC Superhero Girl toys, and because the mom named their one of the daughters is named uh, Mary Jane, another one is named uh, Guinevere, and I forget the third one, but it wasn't exactly a nerdy name that I recognized. But I'm like, that is so cool. And they were looking for a Spider Girl toy, and I'm like, and they're like, yeah, May Parker. I'm like, wait, what? Holy oh. cow! Ah, oh, I love Mayday you, guys. Parker. Yeah, <laughs> that is super awesome. So I, I think I've told this story in in one of the last incarnations of the show. Uh, rest in peace. What else is on? And that was about the mother who came into the comic store when I was working there and was looking for Wonder Woman stuff for her son because her son was really into Wonder Woman. And I was just so upset that there wasn't age appropriate stuff of Wonder Woman in general. Yeah. Like for a nine to 12 year old kid there just isn't anything there but let alone that's that's right there is a point is that it's not always female figures aren't just purchased by females and male figures aren't just purchased by boys it's it runs the gamut you get to enjoy both and there are boys who like these female characters when i was a kid one of my favorite things with my i'm a little weird but my mega superheroes was that the clothes could come off and so i would take the Robin outfit and put it on Batgirl because even back then I thought Batgirl should be Robin. I just thought she was badass. <laughs> I thought that that's the way it should be. And this is years before. Uh, yeah, I know. Thank you. That I'm not quite that weird. That's not where I, I thought yeah, that was I going. <laughs> um, I would put uh, Batman's costume on Superman because then it would be like Bruce Wayne walking around without the the cowl on. Um, but yeah, it was. It yes, it's a dress up thing. Boys would like to be able to do those things as well. So having the removable outfits and being able to trade about, you kind of get to create your own superheroes or you create your own scenarios. And I think that that's a big part of imagination building. That's a big part of what makes you want to be a storyteller growing up. Why do we not feed into that more? And I was listening to an episode of the 90s percentile today where they're talking about 90s toys. And there was some perception that Dan had that was kids today don't really play with toys as much. They play with apps. And I'm like, that's okay as long as the apps are feeding the same forms of, of this creativity. And if you're talking about something like Minecraft, Minecraft is obviously it's the Legos of tomorrow. I think what it's missing is that tactile response, that, that touching. And that is probably something that we'll get more of in virtual reality. But very different about having an app where all the creativity is programmed out for you versus having limitless things that you can do. Because like, here's my Gia Joes. There's a whole backyard that is a whole scenario that I can make for them to go and fight in. It was army guys. It was Gia Joes. It was everything else. 
and now there's this whole other world. I would take the eggs that were the um, the basically what my mom's pantyhose would come in, and I would do cool shit with those eggs. Like they were either this is a spaceship from work from work, or this is something that can be like used for storage for my other characters. Your house is a possibility of a toy. It's like a cat finding a box, and you bought this expensive thing for your cat, and the cat's like, fuck you, I want the box. That's all okay. Kids need to have that experience. Kids need to be able to feed their imaginations because that's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we make this shit for tomorrow for the kids of the next generation. Yes. Um, I would have something smart to say about that, but right now the only thing I can think of is... To say hey to J.F. DuBose, the you know writer who just got a movie deal. I mean, movie option. Yes, he, he got a movie option. That's so freaking cool, and all that. But no, I, like the toy thing. I, I, I see that. Like you know that people will go more in Minecraft. And also another side note: if people think I abuse my mod powers right now on the server I play on. Wait until Minecraft gets in virtual reality because I am not not flying ever again. I will just be in there flying and they'll be like, why is Craig derping around? Oh, he's in VR right now. Just leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love this discussion about the toys. Um, You're absolutely right. And as you were talking, I was being very distracting. If you could look at my little corner Batman's because I found I happened to found, find a shark on my desk. Bad shark repellent. I took Batman and he's riding the shark. So that's a whole nother universe of Batman underwater. No, but you're right that, that, I mean, yes, kids can use apps, but um, you know, in Minecraft is kind of the exception there, but like, does that mean that these kids are going to learn coding so quickly that they're going to be able to create, create the universe in their minds that we did when we were kids and we played, Um, you know, so no, no. I mean, you want to encourage the openness as much as possible and i you know i think that's kind of why as a very grown adult woman i'm still playing with toys and with with uh puppets and with things um actually i couldn't find a supergirl um uh toy um and i needed one for a puppet video so i took a barbie doll took off all of her clothes and then i created a supergirl costume for her to put oh, her nice. in my video oh sure but when i do it <laughs> um, no, i mean and and that's that's a good point too is learning coding which is something that we're trying to encourage is is great and and having the ability to do that stuff is obviously that's going to be where a lot of the careers of tomorrow are coming from engineers are where a lot of the careers of tomorrow are going to come from but with both of those things you can't just go through the motions without having the imagination of creating something from those those foundations so if you're going to code what are you going to code to make if you've never played a video game or you've never seen something and imagined like, oh, I want to build this. I want to make this world. I want to do something like as, as vast as Lord of the Rings and, and make that in a film. Or I want to make something like a Pixar movie. And you can code stuff. But if you don't have that that final, like, here's where this is going to lead to, then it, it doesn't do you any good. You know, it's like a machine that doesn't know what it's going to build. It just sits there and rots because no one gives it something to actually make. Uh, that's a Pixar movie in itself, I think. I think, yeah. I, I just, I, I'm really excited that at this point in time, uh, like we're going to talk a little about in a little bit, uh, New York Comic Con was this weekend, that it is such a prevalent thing now and that geek history has embraced these things. I, I wish that we weren't so self-hating still. I wish it still wasn't so elitist at times, 
but it's still pretty magical when you see all these people that are going there and they're in costume and they're creating not only the characters that they left from the comics, but they're creating new versions or mashups or whatever. They're, sometimes they're creating their brand new own superheroes or ideas. And I think that is just brilliant and it's so fantastic because we value that now. We celebrate that now. And none of this has anything to do with Batman, but whatever. No, no. To <clears throat> One quick point before I switch us a little bit here. Um, one of the things I saw from New York City Comic Con was a re like a couple Riri Williams cosplays. This is a character who hasn't really been. Yeah, she's been a backstory in Iron Man. She hasn't even really fully debuted in her armor yet, and people are already doing costume or cosplays. That is so not only that cool. It is really fucking cool, and not only that, but I mean the fact that the character exists. Uh. Jackie, I don't know if you're familiar with Riri Williams, but she was created by uh, Brian Michael Bendis to basically be like a new Iron Man character. She she finds or steals or recreates Iron Man armor for herself, and she's she going recreates. to have a new character name, but she's she's going to be the essential replacement of Iron Man in one of the books for a little while. And she is a uh, young African-American girl who's super intelligent, Who's, who's taking these things and, and making it her own. And just for the fact of of who she is, that's including people into cosplaying who may not have had a character that they could feel like, oh, this represents me and I get to go and dress up like them now. So already to see that happening is a big deal. And a few years ago, it was Spider-Gwen. Uh, the the uh, Batgirl of Burnside character got big. Mm -hmm. These are things that people are like, oh, they're just making this to appeal to cosplayers. Well, fucking a. So what? Because we're getting really cool cosplayers out of it. We're getting new characters out of it in some cases, and all it is is an addition. It doesn't take anything away from what else there's been or what else exists there. We're getting new stuff for new people to come join a part of this, and I think that's amazing. Absolutely. Um, and you, like you said, if it's just for cosplayers, we kind of have to think about how many of those people out there are out there that have wanted to cosplay at these conventions. Mm -hmm. Like I have wanted to cosplay at Dragon Con, but I don't, I mean, when I get down to it, it's like I'm barely able to schedule being able to get there. So, you know, developing a costume on top of that. And it's just so much work that like there, there are characters I dream of cosplaying. So there's a lot of folks like that that are out there that would love to dream of cosplaying. So it doesn't even matter if you actually cosplay it. It's 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 the point that you want to connect with some of these char these uh, uh, characters. Um, you know, just I don't know. Yeah. yeah. The only so thing that that keeps me from doing it is my inability to put forth the effort to make it happen. Uh, but there are people who who are just putting every effort into doing it, doing amazing bits. Oh, and absolutely. even the stuff that isn't as amazing. So what? You went and you got to cosplay a character. You got to have fun. Put a t-shirt on. It's, it's, just go. I yeah. Even, just enjoy I yourself, even look man. At the, I even look at the redesigns. Like you had the Batgirl of Burnside is a more street level look. You have uh, Spider-Woman's finely redesigned costume, which is a more street level look. Um and then even Spider Gwen, it's it's a little bit more street level. I don't even look at that more as it's easier for cos for cosplayers because you know there are cosplayers who will do the most insane fucking costume out there and kill it. But I look at it as for from the clothing line aspect, like you know it, you know it's you know do the merchandising 
to where you get, you know, Think Geek gets the Marvel exclusive and the DC exclusive to where you see the Batgirl of Burnside jacket or the yep. the uh, Spider-Woman jacket, you know, and all this. And it looks really good. Like you're wearing, like you just stole Barbara Gordon's jacket, except it's bigger or smaller because you are bigger or smaller than what she's supposed to be or you know anything like that and that's what that's what i like the most about these costumes is it makes sense in the story but then they also just look it also looks fucking cool yeah when i was a kid it it overjoyed me to get underoos uh which uh i don't know gregor this is probably before your time but they no, were no, no, underwear no, no, no. No, my, my uncle shirts. rocked under or my, not my uncle my cousin rocked underoos that sounds dangerous. Uh, yeah, so they they were underwear and a matching undershirt. But as a boy, you could wear that undershirt as your outer shirt. So the the shirts were were superhero symbols. So there was a Superman symbol, there was a Batman symbol, Flash, whatever. And then the girls, unfortunately, one it wasn't really outerwear, and two it wasn't usually the symbol, but it was a picture of the character on the shirt, and it didn't give them the ability to pretend they were that that character it made them just be an advertisement for that character which is somewhat the same but not exactly the same and i think that that was in many ways it was my first cosplay other than halloween growing up when i was you know in my 20s and the first time i saw a nightwing shirt that was the nightwing symbol i was just like ecstatic this is amazing finally i got one of these and i think it was based off of the one from the cartoon series but it was just so cool what was even cooler was when my girlfriend wore it and i'm like oh that's that's sweet you know um nice i I just (laughs) i i think it's funny because this has always been pitched at boys and it was never really something that should have just been pitched at boys yeah um and it was just short-sightedness and the amount uh, comics have obviously gone through ups and downs of success over time but i think that the highest points are when they started making comics that were not just aimed at dudes yeah yeah uh when we saw the the 90s boom happen it was a lot of things like vertigo uh it was a lot of things like uh strange in paradise and and the the indie comic scene started happening and we were seeing women come into shops like i worked i've worked at three comic shops and all three of them have either had a female owner or a a female manager of some sort throughout the time and and that probably i don't know that necessarily colored my opinion on things but it certainly made it more apparent to me that this is not a guys only thing. And as women would come into the store and I would talk with them, I would not only it's it's yeah, you can put death, the high cost of living in a woman's hands. And you know that they're going to like the book because the book is phenomenal, but it's not like every woman who came in liked the same kinds of stories. Some of them were very superhero oriented. Some of them liked the extreme line from image comics. Like I had a girl who came in week after week and she was into the Rob Liefeld stuff. And that was so different from what you would expect at that point. Okay. I mean, it's better than okay because, Hey, I'm selling Rob Liefeld stuff, which at that point in time was, you know, popular enough that we should keep selling it. I just think that it's, it's tough to see the backtracking and worse that it's the backtracking from either the really high ups in the company who just don't get it who, you know, often we point at them and say, you just don't get it. You know, you're you're not the creatives. You're the... Go play with your Barbies. Or worse, it's the fans. That really bugs the shit out of me when the fans are like, no, you're not a nerd. 
you don't you don't like this stuff. You can't name the issue of X Men where they first fought the Brood. Well, you know, neither can most dudes. Them less of fans, and it shouldn't ever come down to that. There's no entrance quiz. There's no secret password or code to get in. Uh, we should all have Dakota rings, but it's not for exclusivity. It's just because Dakota rings are cool. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. Early um, rant. Can I? I wanted to add something about the costumes. Um, and uh, you know, one of the like, I've I've been seeing the next con that I go to where there's cosplaying. I was going to do a combination of the old Wonder Woman and the new, uh, because when I was a little girl, Wonder Woman was my thing. And actually, I have a photo of a costume that my mother, who was an artist created for me and i took it so seriously i was like seven years old or six years old and i'm standing there with my hands on my hips um and i actually i'll use that photo when we plug this show on twitter so i'll i'll add awesome. that awesome <laughs> um but uh but now I w- i've kind of wanted to do a uh both a new wonder woman and the older wonder woman but you know what I, I'm going to be hanging out when I go to these cons, I'll be hanging out with my friends that I respect and I don't want them to look at me like, Oh, she's wearing a hooker outfit. You know I mean? Like that's the, that's the bottom line. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the bottom line with these costumes for women is that, you know, oh shit, I got to lo- lose those last 20 pounds before I decide to wear that thing. You know, um, so that's another challenge for women with costumes, but mm-hmm. that's a whole nother story for a n- whole nother episode. No, yeah, we could guys, do a whole I agree show that you, you on should that. Wear, yeah, I, I completely <laughs> yeah. agree that you should wear something you're comfortable in, but I also think that you should be allowed to be comfortable in whatever you feel like is your comfort zone. And so if you're like going out there and you haven't lost that 20 pounds and you're just rocking it, then rock it. Fucking do it. And yes, there's there's a and honestly, it's probably more than 20 pounds, but I'm just... <laughs> I, I ain't throwing stones because I can't lift because I'm fat and tired. But <laughs> I, 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 I do. agree. It's nice to see more practical costumes happening at the same time. I think that, again, you don't have to discount one to have the other. There should be both. There should be representations of both. If there are characters, I think Power Girl. Yes, it's silly that her her costume has been about a boob window for so long, but it's been written in such a way by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor that it makes sense for the character. It works really well for that particular character. So I don't want to take that away from that character. At the same time, not every other female character that gets introduced should have that kind of costume, especially when we're talking about some of these characters are 15 years old. Uh, I don't feel comfortable having 15-year-old characters dressed up like they're in less than swimwear that seems way out of line to me but some characters can you know it's just again representation for everybody the more that we have of various types and sizes and colors and everything else the better it is for the industry because everybody gets to find something there's it's it's their jam you know yes looking for my jam exactly um the my last thing about the story that we originally had um (laughs) is what story where, was that I'm sorry. um it was something about about ben affleck doing like th- they're calling the movie the batman the batman or whatever but ben affleck um, in the underoos <laughs> but i i look at this and i look at how their things are going and where i i enjoyed man of steel i i did enjoy watching the ultimate edition of batman versus superman dawn of justice and that's what infuriated me more about the movie 
is I had to watch the ultimate edition to get a a good movie out of it, in my opinion. Um, and I, I do agree with Corey in that there are some things that I don't like, you know, oh, well, let's bring Jimmy Olsen in here just to kill him off. Fuck you guys. Or that Jesse Eisenberg, like, give me Kevin Spacey Lex Luthor. Like, I like that one from, like, from Bat- uh, Batman, or not Batman, Superman Returns. I mean, if we, if we got to get stuck with Jesse Eisenberg, can we go back to that one? I mean, please. And all this. But, again, my opinions. I know, Jackie, you liked Batman vs. Superman. Um, mm-hmm. So, but, I mean, it's not to say, like, you're wrong. It's just, like, I don't, like. No, 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 it's fine. Je- Jesse Eisenberg belongs on the social network, not <laughs> as Lex Luthor. No, no. Here, here's, the thing. here's the thing. He plays a better like uh, um, um, Zuckerberg villain. Yeah, than... he's better manic. He's definitely better manic as a as a character actor, and and that's. But if you're gonna have a manic Lex Luthor, you know, my only issue was was do something better with the character mm-hmm. then, and and I felt that there was so many things that just sort of happened because they needed to happen for the plot than what actually made sense. But I like I like Eisenberg. I like him in plenty of other things. I, I think he's a he's a great character actor when he's playing type and that was the type that he chose for this movie. Yeah. Um and, and also whether or not that's right is is opinion or taste. But I think that <laughs> the the failings of the character weren't so much this is the Lex Luthor that we have. It's like what they had Lex Luthor do or the the circumstances that just sort of happened around him to to make the plot happen. Those are the things I took issue with. Yeah, or the fact that he stands out a building and yells over at Windsor. Um, sorry, well, you know, filmed Windsor's... filmed in Detroit joke. Windsor knew <laughs> what it did. Uh, so the next story is um, oh my god, in... they were only at the second story. Yeah, we are only oh, at the shit. second story, folks. Um, is. I'll move faster. I'm sure. <laughs> Kelly Sue DeConnick is to write, well, is set to write uh, Redliners TV series for NBC. Um, for th- so those of you in the comic book world will know Kelly Sue DeConnick for reinventing the character of Captain Marvel, who I have the toy right here because I am a member of the Carol Corps, and she is so fucking awesome. And uh, she's continuing her expansion into television. She's already got the deal with her husband, Matt Fraction, who's another great comic book writer, with uh, their company, uh, Milk Fed Criminal Masterminds, which they expanded with uh, Universal TV for another two years. But she is set to write um, the the upcoming NBC's upcoming uh, TV show, Redliners, which is based on a series of short stories by uh, Charlene Harris, which also inspired True Blood. So, I'm really intrigued by this because, one, Kelly Sudeconic, and then, two, the description of the show. It's in the tone of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where Redliners will mix humor, romance, and espionage, as it follows a pair of former spies uh, living in suburbia who are reactivated when a failed hit on one of them leaves the the assassin dead. And, yes, this just sounds so cool and... She writes really funny when she wants to write funny, um, and so I'm excited. Yeah, we'd be remiss to say that we're talking about her writing Captain Marvel, but obviously uh, her creator own work, Pretty Deadly, yep, Pretty and Deadly. Bitch Planet are also yeah. Both I think there's another huge one. comics, great stories. Uh, 
big hits and and big hits for her. I, I think that Marvel struggled to give the backing to her Captain Marvel run on the book, but they gave her two shots at like reinventing the series or starting the series over, which Marvel is like, Hey, it has it been three months. Let's do a new number one on every <laughs> book, not just her stuff. Uh, but when you saw like when she went and started doing her own creator on stuff over at image and a fluke that, that she was where she was. And it's not just because of her husband as as some people might be prone to say who are sexist assholes on the internet. Uh, I think that it's great that she's doing this. This sounds a little bit, yeah, I see Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It also kind of reminds me of the Americans yeah, on FX, uh, which is certainly not a bad thing to model after. Or Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie in their demise. No, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> In the sequel to Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Mr. and Mrs. Pitt right. get a divorce. I I don't really know a whole lot about her, but uh, this does definitely. But I I I'm, I'm vaguely familiar, but not enough to um, sound like I know anything on a podcast. Um, but uh, I'm excited about this. This sounds actually really cool. Um, this sounds like something. Again, uh, the more the like. Uh, the more, the more, the more that's out there for women and young women, and mm -hmm. and, and to get into that that kind of fantasy world uh, mindset, I, I'm all for. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, to it as well. No, yeah, exactly. And uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick will also be an executive producer on there through Universal TV. And I mean, the with her comic book stuff, it is, you know, with with reading the description, I'm like, oh, this sounds like. Matt Fraction's work on like sex criminals or, you know, or, you know, another show. Cause Matt, Matt will go a little bit more humor with his stuff where like Kelly Sue DeConnick out of the three books we've mentioned, I think the funniest one is probably Captain Marvel and it's not even an overtly funny. It's the fact that when they recreated her because she was Ms. Marvel, they made her like uh, almost like a Chuck Yeager, telling pilot jokes sort of thing as opposed to or you know because she's out of tune with with how we, how things go now uh sort of deal and that's what really really hit home for me and what i really enjoyed about the book and all that but i'm just i was excited about this i saw this i'm like oh sweet she's doing more work and then the next thing was like, okay, when are we getting Pretty Deadly as a as a TV series? When are we getting Sex Criminals? When are we getting, you know, all these other things that uh, the Milk Fed uh, Criminal Masterminds uh, was set to promise that we were possibly going to be getting with them? Yeah, I mean, it, obviously they've got their production company and this is kind of the start of them building those relationships in Hollywood yeah. working on somebody else. Who's a little bit more established. Uh, their work with Charlene Harris is, is smart because uh, it's a good break in. And I think her voice will add a lot to what the storyline is to differentiate it from the things that we just mentioned. And you know, also, it's okay to have a jumping off point that's similar to Mr. And Mrs. Smith or keeping up with the Joneses, which is the new movie that's coming out right now with John Hamm and Gail Godot. Yeah. Uh, but she'll bring something different to it. And of course she's not going to be working alone, but it's it's good because it'll show what she's capable of doing, and then they'll say, "All right, now what are you going to bring us?" Mm -hmm. No, exactly. And also, I had something, but um, I will end with the Emerald City executive producer Sean Cassidy will also be writing 
with her. That's the guy that you said that she wasn't be doing this alone. But still, it's really cool to see. Our final news story is one that Jackie uh, picked out. She's like, hey, I like this one. And I'm like, all right, cool. And this is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind TV series is in the works. Um, part of me thinks like, okay, this is going to have to be an anthology series. You know, because I mean, if you don't know the plot of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, it's, uh, I forget the girl's name, uh, Kate Winslet. And I, I kind of yeah, they mm. sort of just forget each other. So, so Jackie, why'd you pick the story? Oh, uh, see, see, I, I, I remember I put in our notes. I'm a fan of this in yeah. a way, but I'm a fan of Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind. I think it's by far one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch it when I feel like I need to forget. Let me forget. I want to forget. You know those, those yeah. things. But I, I, but then I wrote later. Oh. I think I'm a fan. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how this would play out in a, as a series. No, yeah. Um, that's... And and I'm a little bit scared of that. Yeah, um, that's the one thing I did think well, I about. Think, uh, but... that, that I, I, I did think about that, too. When I saw it, when I first saw it, I'm like, all right, I don't, is there any, really anything to go off of here? But I do think there is, as if it's an anthology, you know, like. Um, like Fargo or you right. know, American if Horror Story. If it's not about the couple, I mean, it's it's one thing, yeah, like doing Fargo where the, the first one is similar right. to what you have in the movie and having that first storyline. But if they make it more about the the company that does it and the stories that stem from that versus just a couple of people. Totally agree. Uh, and a not se- retelling. Kind of a series of stories of people that are, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been watching Westworld Yep. Uh, which right. Gregor uh, did a review of last week. We we watched the last few episodes, and Westworld. When you when you've seen the original, is two hour movie or around that, and it was very simple and easy to get the point across. What they're doing with it to make it a series is you have to just do so much else with it, and you have to grow it out so far. And even when you're watching it, you're like, but it's it's sort of repeating the same day over and over again. Isn't this going to get a little old by the time we get to season three? because it's very smartly plotted out and it's done in a way that that stretches things while building a greater story and not displacing the believability of it i think that it's kind of amazing and this is what i'd like to see from this it's it's smart totally take some of these ideas that aren't explored and say okay yeah you you recognize this because you've seen this movie or you've read the story somewhere else before but we're not just giving you that same thing over again and we're not just stretching it out to 10 episodes or something we're going to do something different with it and it's just the concept is the the jumping off point no yeah excellent that's that's exactly where i was hoping this conversation was going to go i i completely agree uh but the production company is anonymous content who do um who did True Detective? They do Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot's the big one. Um, they've also got other stuff coming up, like uh, Britt Marlin's series, the the OA, or the OA, and uh, Selena Gomez's Thirteen Reasons Why, as well as TNT's The Alienist, and it's so that's what. First off, I'm like, wait, anonymous content does more than just Mr. Robot. I didn't know that. First off, but. I mean, that's something I, th- I could see being cool. Like, if you like these shows and you like the movie, then you're probably going to like the TV show coming out. Completely agree. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for the uh, news.
Do you like scary movies? Did you answer yes to that question? Have you ever thought, hmm, I'd really like to listen to two random strangers talk on the internet about some movies that I may or may not have watched at some point in my life. Sometimes they even bring guests on, which adds to a little bit of the banter. Sometimes we cover the news of the week. Sometimes we don't talk about the movie at all. Sometimes one of us gets a little bit drunk. It's just the way that we do things over at the Podcast of Terror, which is a production of Galactic Netcast, in case you weren't sure. If you're interested in this, please go ahead and head over to gncast.com slash pot. Subscribe and enjoy the crap out of it. All right, we are back, and it is time for Nerding Out. This is where we talk about a TV show, movie, game, music, whatever nerdy thing that we want to talk in depth about. And, Corey, I'm going to start with you because I have no idea what this is that you're going to be nerding out about. <laughs> uh, this is my my focus on trying to keep it brief, which for me means it'll only be about 20, 27 minutes. I'm not sure. Uh, so... Instead of saying I had a show that I watched or a book that I read or something this week, I wanted to bring it down to something really simple, which was one moment. So I've been watching this season of You're the Worst, which this is the third season. I've, I've stuck with it since the beginning. The season's been a little rough. It's been yeah. a little back and forth on some of the episodes, and I haven't been 100% sure if I was going to stick with it. But the the episode that just came up this is kind of the culmination of several things. One of them is uh, Edgar's storyline about he's been having to deal with uh, basically post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, and his drugs that he's been put on by the VA has not been helping him, or they were affecting him in ways that were causing him to have uh, sexual impotency, and he's in a relationship and he really loves his girlfriend. He's trying to make this work. And he felt very frustrated by the fact that his mind's still a blur. He's not getting better. It's it's doing other things to him. So that storyline's been going along with uh, the other characters. Uh, Lindsay and uh, Jimmy and all of these people are, are having their own things going on. There's this moment in this scene. Uh, this episode was about the last Sunday fun day. They go on an excursion to kind of like find a hidden bar, uh, which is sort of a, a hipster thing right now. It's like you go and you find a speakeasy and you have to do this whole um, kind of scavenger hunt to do it. <laughs> and in the midst of it, uh, the uh, the rap group that uh, is, is part of the show, they give Edgar uh, a pipe. They give him weed. And he's like, I don't know if I really want to do this because of all the the problems I'm having and stuff. And they're like, just fucking do it. And so he's walking around and he's he's smoking this this vape pipe as they're doing everything. And they go to Chinatown and there's all these fireworks that are going off behind him. And he's just having a casual conversation with Lindsay. And Lindsay's like, so you're having these problems with PTSD. He's like, yeah. And she's like, and it's affecting you all the time. He's like, yeah, all the time. I just can't. Anything just sets me off. And she gets a smile on her face and she's like, turn around. And he turns around and all these fireworks and everything are going off. And he just realizes that the weed 
is helping him deal with the PTSD and he hadn't even realized what was happening. And it's this it's this beautiful moment because Lindsay is usually very shallow. She's portrayed as very shallow in the show. She doesn't care about other people. She she's like having her relationship with Paul is she's pissed off at him all the time. So she stabbed him and she's bummed out that she has to take care of him. Uh, she's she's bummed out about her marriage to him and everything. And she at, at some point in this episode, she asks him, like she wants to have an open sexual relationship. She wants to sleep with other people. And that's not something that he's into, but he's going to make the exception because it will make her happy, uh, seemingly. But to see her have this moment of clarity about Edgar, you know, to be outside of herself and to see Edgar have this moment of like, holy shit, this I'm I can be okay. And then they go down to the beach and they get a bunch of fireworks and they're just firing them at him. And he's just standing there and kind of taking it all in and just breathing easy and accepting it and going on living. Uh, This was this really perfect moment in a show that has been dealing with the struggles of these characters. It's like this one thing that it worked up to. And it was it was kind of magical the way they did it. They played uh, a song over it that I wound up Shazamming. And it was by, oh god, the the Friends of P band, uh, I, I, the the replacements or something. I can't remember the name at this moment, but it was just really powerful. It was beautiful, and it just worked. And this was like a happy, perfect moment of TV for me this week. And I just wanted to to compliment the show for you know doing so much to take me to that moment. And, and giving me a payoff. Yeah, definitely. I've been enjoying um, You're the Worst, personally. And it's been one of those things where I've been like, all right, how are they going to... Where are they going to go from last week or last season with destroying Gretchen? Sort of deal. And right. seeing where they're going, I'm like, oh, this is cool. By the way, the name of the band is The Rentals. The I'm, just, my Rudolph used to I'm so excited because I'm always on the lookout for stuff that, that people I respect have a, um, a recommendation of. And I've heard of this, haven't caught it, um, but I, I'm, I'm excited now. Um, and, you know, in the past, themes from Fox have scared me. But, my God, there's been so many shows now that I really enjoy and I keep finding myself coming back to. Like... Um, uh, baskets is I think on yeah. Fox now. Yeah, it's on sure. FX. Yeah, and I, yeah, I love it because like I wish I had a boyfriend who was a clown. Like my life would be perfect. Um, <laughs> and his but, mom is Louis Anderson and Drag. Right now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh well, you know, yeah, you're right. Um, no, actually, I think that makes it darker and more interesting and exciting, right? Um, no, but um, but no, this sounds. I I I'm, I've been reading over this as you've been talking about it and. I can't wait to, like, kind of test it out. Um, Sounds pretty good. No, yeah, the basic premise is of the show is uh, this girl and this guy both realize that they're self-absorbed, just assholes. And then by the end of season one, they're like, oh, well, we're dating now, and season two goes darker and it seems like season three's going up, but not quite out of this darkness that they went into. And I'm like, I'm in, 
you've got me sold on this. I love that. I love anything that takes traditional romantic kind of drama comedy and and turns it into something different. So yeah, 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 it's that they're unrepentant assholes. That Mm -hmm. it's we are terrible people, and we can be terrible people together. Mm -hmm. But it's never an apology of (laughs) of I'm awful. It's more of like, okay, you know that's you're awful. I'm awful. We're we're worse together, but we're better than everybody else around us. Yes. All right, so that is Corey's moment of the week. I feel like that needs to be a segment. I'm sorry, but it might be (laughs) moments with Corey. All right, so Jackie, I want to do yours because mine. I'm still trying to figure out how much if I'm going to do both or what whatnot. But yours, yours is Black Mirror, and so getting caught up for the season three. Or oh yeah, Uh, yeah. I've been getting ready for season three for um. <clears throat> since the moment that I heard Dan Trachtenberg was going to be editing uh, or directing one of the uh, shows uh, episodes playtest, um, I well, I mean, I, I've been watching Black Mirror since it came out. I watched it as a UK show on Channel Four. Uh, I used a VPN, or maybe no, I was in the UK. It's, 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 we do it all um, here. <laughs> it's all fine. Um, and so I've loved Black Mirror. I love this modern twist. Of this. Uh, that brings in the new world to um, <clears throat> the Twilight Zone. It, it, it's um, is right up my alley. <clears throat> I like I like feeling a little bit uncomfortable, and that's what each episode of Black Mirror does to you. Um, so much so that I started a podcast on it. So I have a podcast called Black Mirror Reflections. I think we record on Fridays on Diamond Club TV, and. Um, uh, I don't know where you can find We're on iTunes and on Stitcher and all that. Um, but regardless, um, yeah, no, so the new season, um, a, a kind of a, a, a guy that's in our community or been around our community um, that a lot of us kind of revolved around with yep. with Dick Nation and Revision 3, uh, Dan Trachtenberg. He's directing Playtest, the episode Wrote Playtest directed, about a game show. And uh, it looks really, really good. And the whole seat next season, I'm so excited about. There's going to be six episodes coming out October 21st on Netflix. And then the there's another six episodes of this season that will come out in um, 20, uh, 2017, probably early year. Yeah. On in 2017. And, then, so, and they're already um, working on the uh, season four or series four as they say over in jolly old England. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I remember when Dan was doing, he, he apparently, uh, Dan Trachtenberg apparently recorded the last episode and that was in March or May because I tried to book him for court killers, uh, because he had just gotten done do- doing 10 Cloverfield lane. Yeah. And he said, he said, guys, I'm sorry. I said I could do the show, but I can't. Because I'm in London recording a new, uh, doing, directing a new episode of Black Mirror, but don't tell anyone. And I was like, I can't tell anyone. Oh my god. Yeah. So, no. but we, but it's like, here's this cute little puppy on. that I'm going to hand you. Don't actually pet it or love on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we finally got him on a couple of weeks ago, and he he gave a lot of insight because I've been reading all of the Black Mirror news because of the podcast that I do. Um, but he gave a lot of really good insight to this season and how it was done and and how it was kind of Charlie Brooker's given over the reins to certain writers and directors. And and so it sounds like it 
and and with the with the uh, I guess this story in particular, so I'll wrap this up, um, is about the trailer that came out on Netflix, and it gives you a little glimpse of each episode. And um, I don't know, it it it, it, it it's, I'm 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 very excited. October twenty first. Yeah, um, I'm gonna make an admittance here. I recently got into Black Mirror, and it is mainly because of Dan Trachtenberg, because I mean, you know, really? like yeah, like you said, I I got into podcasting. Because of Attack of the Show, I like I would watch their Around the Nets and all this the video podcasts that they, that they did. And then on, the Totally Rad Show. Yeah, and right? then I went and found Revision Three, where I got into the Totally Rad Show, Dignation, Scam School, all that stuff. Found Brian, yeah, Scam yeah, School. Yeah, found Brian, and then it went all downhill from there. I just <laughs> 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 like started doing everything, you know, doing everything, mentioning or you know, watching him through Game On, and then gotten with glenn and that's where i'm here now it's all because of this stuff interesting you know, yeah and so but, what, what do you guys think of black mirror i mean it, i mean otherwise like are you excited about it because i know i am but i i'm um, excited and and it's because it's an interesting concept i love this show because you know it is such like you said uh the twilight zone but for all about technology it's not <laughs> you know and and even I was like, Dan, like, okay, what does Black Mirror mean? What is the name? And it's like, oh, it's just the screen reflecting back at you. Okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. And I've loved, I've loved numerous, of, like, numerous episodes. And it's it's weird because, like, I go through and I'm already like, okay, I know which episode I like more than the other one. Like, I love the uh, 15 million credits or 15 merits, million merits right? episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and also from watching a lot of, uh british shows i pick out people I'm like oh i know that dude that dude he was in here and yeah all that yeah. stuff and uh, down nabby people well, yeah and uh some other people it, it was um, never but down also <laughs> oh okay there's a yeah. few there's like four down nabby people but uh not that i really got into that but but the other thing is they um uh, one thing that i noticed and i noticed that my co-hosts of our podcasts well we 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 realized is that a lot of the episodes are actually um, they're not well. Well, you can tell someone. You know what? You can start at any time. You can watch any episode. They're all. All the stories are different. There's still interconnection. Um, yeah. And and that came that, that that made complete sense when you found watch the last episode appeared, which is called White Christmas with John mm-hmm. Hammond. Um, they used elements or themes such as. What will the criminal justice system look like in the future? Um, you know, uh, how, how, what 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 does someone go through when you block them um, from the internet or your world? And and so a lot of that kind of combines together. So that I like that, and I hope that with this new season, we still see some of those threads coming back. Um, but I, I will stop now and let you guys. Or we can move on, but um, yeah, I could talk about it for. I I have a damn podcast about it. I could talk about it for ages. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, your takes on Black Mirror? I haven't seen it yet. I know that you were just talking about it recently on the uh, premiere episodes of Galactic Radio, and it's another one of those I ain't got time to TV things. Except I really do want to watch it, and I think it's one of those things that I'll wind up putting on if if my wife hasn't watched it yet. I think she'll actually get into it with me. Uh, I'm just trying to get through Luke Cage right now. I was Same. thinking of going and, and catching up on Longmire, but maybe I'll move on to Black Mirror first because it seems like it's where it's suited. Yeah. I've been trying to do Luke Cage so hard. I've just, I've just with Luke Cage, I've just decided I'm going to take my time on it. 
and, you know, just go week to week or whatever, you know, however I decide to do it. Um, and I've made it through 10 episodes this week. I really like it. I think the acting is strong. I, I think the characters are all great. There's so much I love about it. I think the pacing is not perfect. Yeah. And that's it's it's a hard thing to keep watching um, because the pacing just moves sometimes at a glacial sort of form. But it's such a weird thing to hone in on because so much of the show is so good. And I, I love the portrayal of Luke Cage. I love the portrayal of Misty Knight. So I'm I'm almost more excited to see either the next season of this or how these characters are utilized, uh, maybe under a different direction. Um, I, th- I think the next one you would see would be the Defenders. I believe that's what's going to like. It's going to be. Yeah, I, I, I think there's going to be obviously some of them are going to have some crossovers into Iron Fist, but yeah. maybe not until towards the end. But certainly when the Defenders happens. All right, so now it's time for my nerding out, and um, I don't know. Oh, and Jackie, you do not have to apologize for rants. Corey is it is one of the check boxes that we have to do per episode. Is Corey doing a rant? I'm trying to think in my mind about the time. <laughs> I don't know what your time limit is. We didn't oh. discuss that, but I'm I'm trying to keep oh, that in check in my mind. If we if we manage to finish before Tuesday, <laughs> yes. uh, we're doing. Good. Uh, Tuesday Eastern where I'm at, then we're good. <laughs> but the uh, my nerding out is the Flash and Arrow premieres. And this is one of those where I feel like I'm in the minority on this because I really enjoyed both premieres. I like with Flash, I liked this ver- this uh, version of Flashpoint that they were doing the, um, you know, where it was very much uh, what they could do with who they had available without making it crazy um or a um you know like doing a whole season called flashpoint the um you know i felt like it was a very reliable or or very well done uh first episode for this season and you know especially with introducing the rival and bringing in wally west as kid flash which i love even in it's like an alternate where I, I think the Flash didn't exist or something. And it's like, oh, they're calling him Kid Flash. Sort of like I found that pretty funny. Um, but yeah, Corey, you've you. How, where are you at with uh, Flash and Arrow? I, I watched both premieres. I've got to say that for me, Flashpoint was a huge letdown and yeah. and I, I can't say that the flashpoint storyline is something that i was excited about anyways because i'm not a fan of the original but uh we're we're seeing so many repeats of things that we've already done the the going back to barry's parents and being alive not being alive i know this is the culmination of like two seasons has been dealing with this essentially already two seasons dealing with some sort of version of the reverse flash. And then we get another speedster in the rival that I'm supposed to give a shit about for the 40 minutes that this episode takes place. Uh, The payoff of, Oh, here's Wally as flash flash kid flash happens for a second and then goes away. I, I have a friend 
who was not looking forward to this season because he thought Flashpoint was going to happen and break the show or break all of the shows. And I'm like, no, I don't think it's going to last that long, but I expect it to last a little bit longer than this. Yeah. And then again, to see Barry like completely be flabbergasted that the timeline is broken because he trusted this asshole that I'm going to go back and kill your mom now. Uh, how many times do we have to see parents get killed in DC shit? Uh, especially the same parents over and over again. Like Barry's parents and Bruce Wayne's parents just like fucking let us go, DC. Just pick on someone else's, you know? (laughs) What the fuck? Green Lantern didn't have parents? Fuck you guys. Don't ever ever name your baby daughter Martha. That's all I'm saying. Right. No shit. Um, But just in general, it's like, it's so much to the same well that I'm, I'm, glad that it was just one episode but then to see the repercussion is we're still gonna have to deal with the stupid timeline shit uh in the next episode and how long is this gonna go on i'd like to see something new now at least we got at the end we get the promise of dr alchemy which is not a speedster so yay but overall it was it's probably one of my least favorite episodes of the show to date and um yeah i I just expected better. And and as Brandon's talking about, the expectations of Luke Cage were very high. And so it's feeling less stellar because our expectations were so high for it. Maybe it's like that with The Flash. The Flash has easily been, to me, the best of the CW slash CBS superhero shows. Um, so it's it's okay if it stumbles once in a while. But when it stumbles, mm-hmm. you really feel it. And, and JF is asking... You know, has there ever been a DC alternate alternate story where Bruce is the one who gets killed and his parents become a crime fighting duo and, you know, flip that fucking trope on its head? <laughs> and it's, it is Flashpoint in a way um, where the, uh, in that story, Black, uh, Flash goes, you know, does this weird time travel thing prevent his mom from dying, which then alternate uh, twists everything on his fucking head and... Bruce dies, so Thomas Wayne becomes Batman, and Martha becomes essentially the Joker in that in that in that storyline, or in that universe even. And you know, it, it is it is an interesting thing because you do see a lot of the villains and uh, superheroes uh, get get flipped as well. Like the uh, Wonder Woman's Wonder Woman and Aquaman are more. Uh, more on the bad slash anti-hero side of things a little bit with how things go because it's just you know big political fights and all that. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's I'd say it's worth reading. Um, the Flashpoint, uh, comic books by Jeff Johns, or uh, seeing the animated film yeah, version of it, which the is Flashpoint pretty paradox. pretty uh true to the original comic. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. Where yeah, I I was the part I was let down with Flashpoint was with how I was building it up in my head, and it's just me building it up. I thought it was gonna be something where we would get it would it, it would we would have a reason as to how Wentworth Miller's Captain Cold is back, and how Supergirl is gonna be in here, especially when they're talking about a four part crossover. Um, so I was thinking you know it was gonna bring in. Much like it, the Flashpoint comic brought in the Wildstorm universe, it was going to do the same thing with the Supergirl world. And nope, here it's in now, and that didn't happen. They've said that it's not 
Supergirl's in her own universe. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Come on. She, you don't have to have the crossovers all the time. Like, oh, here's a Martian Manhunter over on Flash this week, and, and next week we're going to have Cisco. I, I, I said beforehand I couldn't really talk a lot about the CW stories, and, yeah. but um, I have followed Supergirl to a, a, a little bit. Not as much as I should to even be able to talk about, but I do know about the how uh, Flash and made his crossover to Supergirl, but there's no reference back. So yeah, you know, it's kind of like, oh, you can come on my show, or you can go on Supergirl's show to make her look good because she needs the help. But like, I I don't know, or whatever. No, I, it, I, it, I it did. Out of last season, that was my favorite show out of all four programs. That episode mm-hmm. was my favorite because it was just they had so much fun. Mm-hmm. With each other, they had so much fun being superheroes. It wasn't the the high pressure angst, and you got to have angst in in superhero shows, of course. In any good show, you have to have conflict. But it was just so enjoyable to get to see these two characters meet up and like, holy shit, you can fly! Holy shit, you're way fast! And and just like, that's a that's a spaceship. That's my spaceship. That was the greatest moment in all of these these all four of them. Uh, last season, I thought it was just magical. Yeah, and I recently resaw it because over the summer, CW had been airing the first season of Supergirl, and I caught that episode, and I'm like, "This is really cheery, like really, really cheery," and I, I, I loved it and all that. Well, I think, I think honestly, because those two actors have very natural smiles. Well, yeah. Like, if you look at them, they just go to smiling more naturally than go to scowling. Mm-hmm. And and it looks right on them. And those characters that they're playing sh- are characters that should be smiling a lot. And so they play that up. And when you get the two of them together, it's just like when you get Cisco and Felicity together, they feed off of each other. They work together well, and they, they bring out the best parts of each other. Yeah. And so much of what these these shows are based around, like especially Arrow, it seems to be the characters bringing out the worst of each other. And that's not what you do with these two characters. Yeah. Um, then with you, you, so we got the Arrow now. And Arrow, I was okay with the premiere. I think it's interesting with how they have, um, you know, they br- brought in anarchy for the for the very first thing here. And the the line of oh Oliver is running late oh is it a blonde or a redhead brunette actually and it's anarchy I'm like okay that's a little clever writing there but it seems like okay Oliver just needs to get over the fact that the old crew is not coming back like that's what this whole first episode seemed like is all right Speedy's coming back right now and John's gonna come back right and. It's just like, okay, maybe, maybe not. No, not really. You might just want to get over things here. Sort of deal. And I don't know. I, I, I did enjoy the episode, but it didn't feel as strong as the other episodes. And I really do think we're getting at a point now with the uh, flashbacks that the flashbacks are going to be previously when I was the arrow, you know, sort of deal. Like the... the uh- they implied said- that this season will be the last of the flashbacks because it's the five years before yeah. he comes back, and so this should be the end of it. Um, I I don't like how 
I, I just basically said I don't like how the characters interact with each other, and it just seems like it's a bunch of broken people just continuously breaking each other down even worse. There's there was a severe lack of joy on the show for the last two seasons, and I don't know that it's getting any better. That uh, Oliver's still kind of semi pining for Felicity and thinks that's going to happen, and then they show her with some new random fuckface CW guy for. <laughs> The relationship of this season uh the only thing complimentary i can say to arrow right now is one i'm looking forward to mr terrific because i don't give a fuck about the rest of it mr terrific showing up i'm going to watch for that alone uh-huh. and two is they've really upped their game when it comes to stunts where with flash and supergirl it's all about the effects with arrow last season i started to see it happen is their pushing forward on more practical stunts using the effects a little less. Uh, I guess they're saving all that budget for Oliver's wigs, but it just (laughs) in general, I think that they've, they've done the best that they can do for a show, uh, a weekly show on a, on a channel like this with the budget that they have to make the stunts look good. And, um, and that's something, you know, that's something. And, and I, I like all the actors on it. I wish that I could like the the writing and the way that they're utilizing characters better. Yeah. Every time I see the characters on on a different show, I like them twenty times more. Like anytime they show up on Flash, yeah, uh, it's it's more fun. Or when Flash shows up on Arrow, it somehow drags Flash down. I I, I don't know why. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's it for nerding out now. Does the sound of the TARDIS get you all excited? Are you a fan of the longest-running science fiction show? Then for all your news and gossip, check out Who Knew and Review. We're a podcast by Galactic Netcasts. You can find us at gncasts.com slash TARDIS. Each week... We will run through a collection of stories from around the Hooniverse itself at gncasts.com slash TARDIS. And we're back. And our discussion point is focused on Jackie a little bit because she's our guest, but also because one of her podcasts she does um, is related to my coffee or my mug right here. I don't know if you can tell from the audio, from the video listener or watchers. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about Walking Dead. And this is also because New York City Comic Con just happened, as we mentioned in the news. But we have this, you know, the, the, and The Walking Dead had their panel at Madison Square Garden in their theater. So, um, and I guess they showed some clips or they showed a teaser um, whoever died is to Rick's left. No, to Rick's right. To Rick's right, our left in there. Our so, left, Rick's right. Yeah. So if they if, if you, if you watch if you do watch we, the film wanna, right, it we, goes down into the right. Back to the left. Back. I'm so glad we get to all get that JFK reference. Yes, really? especially I, with I, me butchering it. Isn't that what that is? Yeah, yeah oh, it's Seinfeld. I thought it was episode one. Never mind. <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm teasing. Um, go ahead. Okay. Like, all right, maybe you guys don't get the. the no, I completely get it. Um, <laughs> now, first of all, 
do a show about The Walking Dead, what is the show called uh, so that people can find? Eh, don't bother, honestly. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. Not, the show, okay. not the show you're on. Not the show you're on, but the, thing. the show you do. Actually, <laughs> The, the the no 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 even that um uh honestly the thing is, is it was like my first sort of venture into podcasting after trying to attempt to do one on breaking bad but that i started the breaking bad podcast um three weeks before it the show ended so um so i was all ready to do a better call Saul. i had one on better call Saul called lawyer up but um yeah no uh the walking dead is um a show a, a podcast i do uh, the podcast i do is called the walking drunks and uh, we, you know, each of our, myself, and my co-hosts, we start off by talking about what beverage we're drinking. And it's just a bunch of pals and we make fun of the show. And um, it, my, my main co-host is Ryan Alcott, uh, better known as Mega Vortex in the Dime Club world. And uh, Tom Along, Mong, Evloid, and then we picked up some other people. So we ended up with five co-hosts. We had DJM, David Majors, and... Um, and uh, also Charles Rubach. So it's it's endless. But basically, it's a party. We talk about the show whenever we want. We don't necessarily necessarily record every week. Um, but yeah, so uh, we we just love making fun of Rick Rhymes. And um, <laughs> we've got even got a segment where we said, what the fuck did Rick just say? Because there's very often in many of these episodes, Rick will say something usually to call and um you can't understand what he said you know like there was one scene where he was giving that um uh the, the reverend um gabriel um father gabriel some food uh, uh Car carl was and he said do you have any food and he said i've got some cunts and apparently he was saying pecans but everybody heard you know, you know, whatever. I, I shouldn't <laughs> say that word again. Thing out there. You said you're not family friendly, right? No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, so, and the whole point is just to because there's so many podcasts on The Walking Dead. Um, there's there's sixteen thousand of them, and I think we're rated like, if you look on iTunes, I think we're number thirty seven. So to me, that's victory. Um, but uh, no. Um, it's also how many sexual favors that some people have done in their lives. There you go. It could be, you know, um, and uh, but now for the new season, uh, I guess with this Comic-Con, we're getting to that. That's the main point. I'll, I'll make my point really quick so we can move on. Um, I guess they're, we don't that they're they're teasing who died, who did Negan kill. And if you've read the comics, you probably have one view. Um, but as you know, Robert Kirkman has been saying I mean, we want to get back to the comics as much as possible. But not always so you never know um so in in my without without saying who i think really it is i will say that there there are maybe three real possibilities and that's either glenn uh abraham or daryl and i have been saying even though i like i really like norman reedus i i kind of hope it's a daryl because i think that would spin that show so crazy people will go nuts and whatever just make it nuts make the show absolutely nuts i think that's the best thing that the walking dead can ever do at this point i mean how many people can you kill off everyone is going to die 
Yeah. Right. You know? And and it would take some balls. It would it would take some honest bravery because the right. the common conception has been kill Daryl and we riot. Uh, right. Kill Daryl and I stop watching kill the him show. Then. Yeah. Uh, he he's the most popular mm -hmm. character. He's he's the one that everybody wants to win The Walking Dead at this point. He's, he's the only one who has been character. broken. Yeah, he has yeah. The, he's the only one who has been broken to the point of like that he hasn't gone personality wise to like shift and then shift back. He hasn't turn healed like a fucking wrestler from the eighties. He he hasn't like <laughs> grown. He's grown since he was introduced in the very beginning, but he hasn't like oh this week I'm tough and this week I I'm 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 a little bitch again and then this week I'm tough again. This week I'm gonna kill people when I find them and then next week exactly. it's like oh, I'm not gonna do that anymore. The the Rick switch uh, or even they they've done it to Carol, which is really disappointing because Carol was. You know, she grew to a point where, yes, she was the most badass person on the she, show, oh, but she earned it. She earned every fucking step of it. And then mm -hmm. to and now back they're her down. Pulling her. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I, I that's that's a problem I have with the show is that it's it's there's a consistency problem with a lot of TV shows. And I see it on Fox shows and Fox movies probably a lot more than anything else. But some of these shows, you can see when they're growing long in the tooth because they stop realizing who the characters are and they just write the characters for the story as opposed to writing the story for the characters. And I think that that's, that's kind of where I lost out on the show. The other thing is I just was tuning in to see who the fuck died this week. And that's, I'm not, I'm not a fan of snuff films. Uh, I've made a couple <laughs> in my life, but I just think that it's, it's pretty poor that the most interesting interesting thing i can say about your character is is wanting to see them die and i i don't like that and so i tuned out and my wife was like i was already at the point where i wanted to quit but because it was something that my wife and i watched together mm. i was like okay i'll stick it out with you and then when the whole thing was happening with like glenn's dead oh wait glenn's not dead mm. the fuck um we were just like we were done we were done together now this past couple of weeks she caught up on it on netflix and now she wants to record it again. But I know that it's it's her watching it now. It's not me. So I don't even have to be in the room. She can watch on her days off when she's doing art in her office. And that's great. Because You're not even going to watch? Through. No, I'm through. And when I hit a, a moment of that with a show, okay. like uh, Greg will tell you when uh, How I Met Your Mother was on like the last <laughs> two or three seasons. Uh, Glenn Rubenstein was like, okay, so they, they're going to finish off the show in a season. I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm out. And he's like, you're mm -hmm. not going to just stick it out to see the last two seasons and right, when right. we actually get the real. No, they fucked this show hard. I don't want to come back and just get raped again. I'm sorry. I'm done. And then I Corey will say, had... though, that I kind of. Go ahead. No, I will say that, I, you know, they're bringing in another comic character, another kind of world in this world. Mm -hmm. So I will stick it out to see what happens. And I'm not going to give any spoilers. Um, if you've read the comics, you know. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing that different approach where we're not just, you know, the, like maybe they're, maybe it's not just them every season running into some horrible cannibalist person. And, you know, like I'm kind of interested in seeing how that plays out. So I'll give it another, at least another half season. Um, or, or I probably will go longer because I enjoy hanging out, having a beer with my friends and making fun of it and recording a podcast. Yeah. I I come at this, I guess, from the liking it the most out of the three of us point of view because <laughs> I read the I watched the show then I started reading the comics and now I'm up to date, question mark, maybe not read the last one. Um, it With the comic, and it was one of those things like, one, 
I, I never say like, it, and I did this once in on a Facebook post of like, oh, I liked how it you could model this whole episode, um, like the episode where Rick is going through like PTSD or he's sick or whatever, um, mm. with him and Car- and it's mainly about Carl, and it's like you could pull frames out of there from the TV show and make the comic the two issues that it was based off of. I said right. that and I got I got ganged up on like it's nothing like the comic. I'm like I'm not saying it's like the comic you jackasses. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying they take moments the like once I could think of right off the top of my head. Um the reveal of uh Abraham, Eugene and Rosita. They model mm-hmm. it exactly after the comic, exactly right. after the cover. Right. They do all these moments that they hit, they match it from the comic, and that is great. And also, I, you know, with reading the comic, I'm like, okay, I see the general direction that they're going to go, but yeah. I don't see which, don't which highway gonna... they're going to take. Right, exactly. Yeah. I do like that. I mean, who would want to have read the comics and then see everything played out? you know exactly the way they've already read it why would you even watch it no yeah um, well i mean at the same time the the first season of preacher uh you you don't know it going in but it kind of takes place as sort of a prequel to where the comic starts and a lot of people who were fans of the comic had a big problem with that they had a right. big problem with and and there were certain things that Absolutely. If you're like, I believe the characters should be portrayed this way and they start doing things that don't seem right because of, you know, we've got the years and years of having read the comic books and they never did that in the comics. Mm-hmm. But you they establish something that was different and you have to place these caveats in there is like we can't just retell the comic. We can't just retell that story verbatim. We can't do that with Game of Thrones. We can't do that with Walking Dead. It, it doesn't work. As, as great as it would be to transfer the comic directly to screen, that's going to lose some viewers because they're like, well, I already know the story. Or it's not going to transfer correctly because they're completely different mediums. Yep. And what works in a comic, especially a black and white comic, is not going to work the same way on screen. And you, you shouldn't want it to. And you can't expect every actor to stick out as long as they need to for it to be. You have to have surprises and you have to have room to grow and you have to have room for change. And I, I think that that's, that's something that people keep we say we want it to be exactly like this but then when it happens we really don't right Um, so you're not giving us what we want you're giving us what we tell you we want and that's sometimes the audience is wrong yeah totally agree you couldn't have said it better it's usually how Corey does it (laughs) um (laughs) i had something i was gonna say but then i got distracted because jf said a comment i'm like i got a question for him but he's not the guest so he could fuck off for a second (laughs) Well, come on to another thing. I think, I mean, I could talk more about The Walking Dead or not. No, yeah. It make, um, okay, make sorry, I, I remember what it was. No, I, I don't need I don't need to. What I'm saying is hit, hit whatever you want. No, I, no, I'm no, loving no. I, I remember what I was going to say. I'm having so much fun on this podcast, by yeah. the way. I, I remember so what much. I was going to say, and I will save the question for JF, and I will give Dave the, Dave can make that recording. Um, but the, uh, so the one thing that I will be upset about, because I, with with the death in the comic book that they're being um that they're being uh that they're alluding to with this um i'm i would be interested if they i'd be pissed if they don't cover that on um on talking dead you know if they don't cover you know the greg nicotero talking about how they're doing it because right 
to not give away spoilers as to who dies, but Negan goes fucking Gallagher on their head, and their head is a watermelon. So I want to mm-hmm. see how they're gonna do that, and and all that. And I I honestly don't know how that is gonna be possible. Or actually, I'm curious as to see how they're gonna do that with the blend of the uh, uh the post production and what's uh Greg Nicotero creating and his crew creating as a uh, prosthetic and you know all that stuff. I think I think if they show they show that then then you will actually they'll they'll go behind the scenes on how they've done that they yeah. usually do yeah. AMC, um, you know, uh you know like particularly when they had all those water zombies um they really went into detail about yeah. you know yeah. how they made those uh and 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 also the progression of the zombies and how they're or walkers they're getting more. Uh, deteriorated. They're falling more apart. They're get, they're decaying more as the story moves along, which is good too. But um, yeah, so yeah, and as checked out as I am, I really do admire the production on the show. Mm-hmm. I, and and the originality of like we're not just doing one type of zombie, and we're, they have thought that process through of like how far along mm-hmm. they should be and and the differences. And I think that that is truly amazing. I I don't want to I don't want to act like the show doesn't have a lot of compelling reasons why people should watch it if it's your thing and if you can handle it and if you don't have a weak heart like me and prone to like tensing up every five seconds is like don't you fucking touch maggie i will break your ass um <laughs> that then then yeah the, it could be a great show for you it's just it stopped being a great show for me but it's i, still I think really it's kind show. of run its course you know uh, and yeah. and all great things need to come to an end at some point but um uh yeah so um i i don't know i just um i've had enough happy days you know and i'm sorry but fear the walking dead is Joni loves trachi i didn't need it i don't want it so Doesn't what would be morgan mindy in this situation here uh what spinoff would, yeah what walking dead spinoff would have to be morgan mindy in the mindy in this situation uh, i i mean it, it it's probably not very fear the walking dead i'll tell you that ten. yeah no i'm sorry not. No, go ahead. Uh, You're right. I, I can't stand Fear the Walking Dead. I watched uh, the first half season of the first part only because of doing the podcast. And um, there are other people who want to talk that in my my little, oh my, you know, I like I said, I have five co-hosts. Um, some of them wanted to talk about it. And I was like, no, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not getting involved in Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> and I have not, you know. All right. So um, I'm not going to be a pro and I'm going to mention the chat because I love Brandon Raymond's response of Rick and his phone. That is the Mark and Mindy spinoff. Is Rick and his phone. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, okay. That needs to... You can explain that to me later. I don't really... I don't get that. In the prison, when he was... um, He had his mental breakdown. I think it was in prison. Oh, God, yes. The phone. (laughs) Yes. Yes, definitely. That was, that was those those. Oh, oh God! Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that when he's talking to nobody on the other end of the phone, that when he right <laughs> when he goes to hang up, he says "nanu nanu." I was blown away <laughs> by that. Shazbutt. Honestly, that was about the time I started doing the show, The Walking Drunks, and it was because it was so much fun to make fun of that. 
you know, I mean, there's just so much to do, you know, um, that can be said. Um, so I feel really bad because there's so many great, really, really great Walking Dead podcasts out there. Um, the Walking Dead or the Dead Cast is one of them, I think, with Jason and or I forgot her name already because it's been so long since I've listened. But um, it, like they really do their research and like go like don't 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 listen to my podcast unless you want to listen to a bunch of knuckleheads get drunk and um, maybe finish the show. Uh, <laughs> you got to understand the thing with podcasts is is some of them are informative. Yeah. Uh, some of them are entertaining. Some of them are based on the personality of people, and some of them, like us, just exist in a fucking vacuum. But no, you guys, people do. listen to your show because they like you and they like the people that you're doing the show with. Uh, I, I, I think that you hit a point where you realize, okay, this is no longer about The Walking Dead. This is just like hanging out with my friends every week. Right. So all four of our friends watch the rest of the five of us. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. But yeah, four doubles our viewers. Uh, <laughs> no, hey, Corey, Shut Corey, up. no, we got five right now, dude. We got five <laughs> right now in watching live. I don't know if it's they're counting Jackie and you Us? and Pete in there. <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I'm still excited. I've thankfully oh god i i will be so glad once we get done with the uh, and i quit seeing in my feeds my news feeds oh it's like who died or who could have negan have killed in the walking dead it's like shut the fuck up i don't care about right. your goddamn petition on them re-editing the thing or giving you something because you can't wait five minutes god right. damn yeah, again <laughs> Don't don't give the fans what they tell you they want, you know you're 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 leading this this charge. And if it blows up in your face, it blows up in your face. But own that, just just fucking own it. And, That's why and I say kill Daryl, kill Daryl. Yeah, because... yeah. And I've I've heard. Okay, okay. So this is one other thing I will share, and it's the theory that my former coworker gave me. Um. So there will be spoilers. Or, well, there won't be spoilers because I don't know anything. But he's he said that there's he thinks there's gonna be two. It's gonna be Glenn goes. And then Abra or no, Abraham goes, and then Glenn reacts in such a way that Negan's like, "All right, you two fucker," and kills him too, sort of thing. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I heard him say. I'm like, that makes sense, but it's safe a little bit too because, you know, one of them died in the comic book and all that, and it's like I don't know. One but of them should have been dead. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, sort of, or no, 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 it was, well, I mean, flipped. the timeline, yeah, it was Glenn the timeline and then on... Rick is how he said it. Oh, okay. or not Rick, uh, oh, well, Abraham. No, Rick's not, Rick's not going anywhere. Yeah, Abraham is who I meant. Well, yeah, Rick was, Abraham was supposed to like the, well, I, I see, I don't know how much your viewers want to hear comic book spoilers, but, go um, for it, go for there it. was a storyline with someone else last season that died a particular death and that was supposed to be one of these characters we're talking about and that didn't happen oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so I, i'm not yep. gonna you know but I... honestly my biggest my biggest prediction is that episode one uh, it, you know and i i hope i'm wrong I, episode one i don't think is going to start off picking right back up with negan it's going to start off with this what is morgan doing what is carol doing <laughs> and... see I... <laughs> just be like 
hey, all you people who hate us, yeah, mm-hmm. we can on that. It, we're hungry for it. Bring it on. Yes, exactly. exactly. See, I don't think that. I think it's because it's one thing that a lot of the shows have been doing is I think they should do it go to way, the other honestly. side. So I think it's it, it could very well be where's Negan been in and all, all the stuff recently, <laughs> and then the end will be him swinging Lucille or probably know where Lucille's been. So we just see it's a lot of shots of her up against the side of the wall in the trailer or what, or whatever. And then Lucille comes out and and brains Glenn or whatever. You know, at the end of the day, as much as everybody complained, like they didn't show it, they didn't show it. They built up all season. They told us it's going to happen and they didn't show it. Whatever. Everybody has talked about it. Everybody has their theories about who it is. Uh It has been water cooler talk off and on. For the entire postseason yeah. to the start of this season, and people are jumping up again with their theories, and I I think that that's exactly what you want to have happen for the show. It helps keep it relevant when mm-hmm. maybe it might have lost relevency because right. people care. You know whether they're angry, whether they hate you, whether they say they'll never watch again. They're talking about you. That means they give a shit, and you you've done something right. Yep. Right. Yep. All right. Well said. Exactly. So on that note, we are going to wrap things up here. Um, and this is where we do the fun, fun bits uh, and tell you guys. That there All right. Are... So let me take this one for a second. Um, so we at Collective Network, obviously, uh, like, like many podcasts out there, we have the, the, the needs for support. And there are different ways you can support us. And the easiest way is by going to GNCast.com slash support. Now, I just want to talk about this because I did bring it up last week. Uh an easy way to do this, probably the easiest way to do this that is zero impact to you from your regular everyday life is if you shop through Amazon, you can click through our affiliate link and everything you buy through Amazon will help support uh, Galactic Radio, Galactic Netcast, Galactic Network. So that goes to this show. It goes to the other shows that are on the network, Podcast of Terror, Adventure Party, Who Knew and Review. All of the shows, it helps us keep things going. It helps us continue on. And it's very simple because you just buy the stuff you buy. You don't get charged more. And uh, I turned 45 last Friday. And uh, one of the gifts I received was an Amazon gift card because I have a ton of stuff on like 10 different wish lists. And it's just easier to say, go knock yourself out, get whatever you want. Uh, I am going to be upfront and say, no, I did not buy a butt plug. Sorry, uh, <laughs> there was a lot of promises made last week, and I couldn't fulfill them. Oh no! But uh, I, I did buy several different things, and like I said, it was just easy enough for me to say, "Hey, I'm going to support my network while I'm doing it." Mm-hmm. It's real simple to do. I saw no impact. I'm going to get all my stuff. It's going to show up, and you know, Galactic network gets a little bit of back from that so that is the easiest thing to do yes you can go and support the patreon if that is your thing if you're able to we would appreciate that as well but go with the simple thing first uh, you won't even have to think about it too hard <laughs> butt plug joke and we thank you um you can also yeah, contact us by leaving a voicemail at 805-328-3966 or email us mail at elsnerds.com all of our subscription links can be found under gncast.com slash subscribe which and then also if you want to join our slack i believe it's gncast.com slash sign up which i believe someone did recently 
um, and we should be seeing them in the Slack chat soon. Um, but yeah, you can find all of our social media stuff by searching for Galactic Network, and you can follow the show on Twitter at AltsNerds. Um, our producers, Beatmaster, is at Beatmaster80. Evan is at Mr. Underscore Fusion. Um, I'm at that Gregor. Corey's at Don't Ask Comics. And before we do the typical thing, Jackie, where can people find you? Oh, you can just follow me at Twitter. I'm at JackieHearn81 on Twitter. Or if you want to know more about like my puppet shenanigans or some of my silly podcasts, you can follow me, JackieHearn.com. I just want to do a quick little plug that I'm starting a new little podcast thing where I interview people like you guys, talented people who are doing great stuff in this great giant world of ours community. Um, it's called What's Cooking with Jackie Hearn. Um, and uh, you can find that again at JackieHearn.com. Com. Yes, go there. Awesome. And the final thing to be said is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next week. Or else. Bye. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.